When you're giving the answers, you're actually not leading because that's not creating the right environment in that people have the opportunity to make their own decisions. And, you know, maybe something's going to be the most awesome decision and something else is going to be a mistake. Kathy talks a lot about being human and bringing your whole self to work. That means, you know, the great stuff that you have and your strengths. It also means the messy parts, right? This is How to Care from Nurse Next Door. I'm Sarah Stockdale. As I've spent more time with Kathy Thorpe, a nurse next door, it's become obvious that the company takes the word care really seriously. Today, we're going to talk about how the company cares for its employees. I run my own business, and I want to get the best out of the people that work with me. But I know that that can't be a one-way street. If I want the best of them, I have to give them my best in return. I've got to put in the work to help them grow. People want to be high performers. They want to be in an environment that enables their best work. But I don't think a lot of companies understand what that environment really looks like. It doesn't mean spending 12 hours a day at a desk. It doesn't mean adhering to a strict dress code, and it doesn't mean canceling social plans to do extra hours in the office. So how do we care for the people we work with? It starts at the top. Kathy Thorpe is the president and CEO of Nurse Next Door, and creating a great work culture is ultimately up to her. So we're going to be talking to her about how she runs a business that looks after the people in it. But we also want to find out what it's like to work with Kathy and how the tone and culture she creates ripples across the organization. So we'll be speaking to Susan Carta, the VP of Operations at Nurse Next Door. And Kathy says it starts with something called radical candor. The concept was created by author Kim Scott. She wrote a whole book about it, and it's kind of a policy of honesty and care in the workplace. But it's also more than that. It's about being honest about who you really are, about dropping the facade of having a work persona and a regular life persona. Radical candor is about having real conversations. When you're having real conversations, you're making sure that you are very clear and that you are giving 100% of yourself to that conversation. And on the other side of it, you're making sure that you really you know that person that you're having a conversation with, that you have taken the time to hear their story, to listen to them and to know who they are. The first day someone starts at Nurse Next Door, the team takes them for lunch. And, you know, that's really about making sure that we're starting to build that relationship, that that it's a person who has an amazing story and an amazing life. And how do we start to get to know each other and and start to hear and understand who they are. You know, we all have incredible stories and and amazing things that have happened in our lives, but there's also a lot of hard stuff there too that might come with someone to work. So how do you make a, a space safe to share those things in order to get a full picture of who a person is? It's those moments that you hear something from someone and that you can do something with it, you find a little moment. For example, we had someone who his mom was sick and he he lives here and his mom lives in India. It was really, it, it impacted him in a big way. And you could see the pain that he was going through. And so we have what we call 
dreams and goals and how do we as an organization support people's dreams and we take that time every quarter to find out what people's dreams are and we actually will grant a dream to someone and so for this individual we took the opportunity to we brought him in and we said you know what you need to go and see your mom and we're going to pay for the ticket and you go and do what you need to do and take as long as you need and we're here when you get back and you know it's just those moments of seeing i guess the rawness in someone's life and making sure that you're taking the time to figure out how you can support it and hear what they're going through that's an incredible story, like sending someone to see their mom overseas. Like I don't hear of organizations taking the initiative to do that for someone on their team all that often. What about moments like that and experiences that you give to your employees like that? How do you see that change the organization? I think when you see a real human being and you hear and know that human being, you're pretty excited to show up at work, right? Um, I think there's places that I have worked in my career that you weren't allowed to do that. You weren't allowed to bring your whole self. You know, you had to have that work face and then that life face outside of work. I think here it's like we just committed to bringing all of that into into its life and you bring that into the workplace and let's embrace that and let's get really excited about people showing up as their whole selves. Coming from the background that I have, I've seen this philosophy of radical candor work in ways that is really beneficial to an organization. But sometimes people take it to a little bit of an extreme and they think that radical candor means that they can say anything that they think without a filter to the people that they work with. Have you ever had a situation where you had to give feedback to someone who maybe took it a little bit too far? Radical candor is on a grid and beside it on one side is ruinous empathy in that you're not having those fulsome, honest conversations and that you're showing really just, you know, a huge amount of care. So you're not really getting into that development moment because you're not stepping into the honest conversation that you should be having. And then on the other side of that is the obnoxious aggressor. And that's really when you're putting out that honest feedback or that honest conversation and not taking that time to show the care and know who you're talking to. And that's when those things do come across in a way that they shouldn't. You know, I always go to a place of how would you want it said to you? So I find that when you can go and have a conversation with that person and say, you know, here's how that shows up in how you said it. You know, how does that feel for you? Like, is that how you would want someone to give you that feedback? And more times than not, you start to get into that conversation where they're like, oh, wow, that wasn't my intention, but I can understand how it would be seen that way. And so then you can talk through how to, you know, solve the problem and make it better for the next conversation. And then there's kind of the other side of it that I've found when I'm coming in more as a junior employee or an individual contributor. It's really hard to give transparent feedback to someone who you know, is your boss, is your leader who determines your compensation. How do you set up those conversations and make it safe for employees to give transparent feedback to leadership? I go back to the leader and it's up to each of us as individuals to show up with that vulnerability. 
I think it's more than asking for the feedback. As a leader, you have to continuously look at how you're improving yourself and understanding yourself. And I think when you're coming into conversations with people and saying, here's what I'm learning about myself. Here's what I'm seeing I can do better. Do you have any feedback for me around that? And sort of creating that space for people to give you the feedback and maybe you're creating the conversation and what that feedback is specifically around. But the next time they're going to feel that much more confident to come to you. It can be so hard to get that feedback. And for me, at least, my leadership grew up through really struggling with getting hard feedback because I was such a people pleaser and because I desperately Mm. wanted, you know, I wanted the people around me. I wanted my team to like me. And that was more important to me than, than anything and to make them feel safe and to make them feel valued. And humans are complex beings and we are not always hearing the things that people are saying. And we're not always very good at communicating what we actually mean when we say things. So There's oftentimes, even with the best of intentions, that you end up hurting somebody or you end up stressing them out, actually, is what I'm very much guilty of all the time is stressing out my team unnecessarily by saying small things and them taking them the wrong way. How do you help your leaders improve their communication styles so that they don't even get to the point where they might need to have that feedback? One of the most important skills is just your listening skills, you know, and how are you stepping back and asking questions so that you're getting to know, yeah, you're getting to know what's going on through questions as opposed to, you know, stating what you're seeing. I think there's also that inherent need to be curious, that curiosity of others and what's going on. I think it's also learning to not react to situations, but to take that time and respond. And, you know, giving space, you know, when you know you have some energy around something, how can you give it enough space so that you're not walking into that conversation with that energy, but that you're you're learning to respond to the conversation and create the environment that needs to be created to have that fulsome discussion? Yeah, I love that. I think that Curiosity is a thing that I find is missing in a lot of leadership organizations. I feel this too a lot of the time. As a leader, you feel like you need to have the answers to all of the questions. And so when employees come to you with problems, your knee-jerk reaction is to just answer. Whether or not you actually know that's the right answer to the question is a whole other problem entirely, but you just feel like you need to be the person who's the arbiter of the wisdom in the organization. And it's vulnerable to say that you don't know or to give space to find the answer, especially as new leaders. How do you kind of train the people on your team to come from a place of curiosity versus coming from a place of having the answers? The conversations we have around here is when you're giving the answers, you're actually not leading Mm. because that's not creating the right environment in that people have the opportunity to think on their own make their own decisions. And, you know, maybe something is going to be the most awesome decision and something else is going to be a mistake. And how do we just make sure that people feel comfortable, you know, making the decision and having, you know, both of those outcomes as a possibility? Because when you don't have that space for people to make decisions and, you know, make mistakes, you're really not creating that 
culture of innovation because people are going to be constantly worried about making a mistake and you're not pushing things forward and really seeing how things can improve and do better. I love what you said there, like having the answer, you're actually not leading if you're giving them the answer. If you're in a position of leadership and you have a few more kind of cycles under your belt of doing some of this work and a team member comes to you with an idea that they're really excited about and you know it probably won't work based on your experience, my knee-jerk reaction is let's like mitigate the mistake and kind of guide them in another direction. Would you let them just try and fail? Or how do you approach that as a leader? My head goes to, you know, why are they so passionate about that idea? And there's been many times where I've thought, oh, goodness, I don't see that working, but, you know, maybe it will. And in fact, it did. And it's just sometimes we get stuck in our old ways also. And I think it's having that openness to the realization that I need to change also. And maybe that's something that will help me change. Okay. So I need to let go a little bit of being so sure about those outcomes. We don't really know. And that's how some of the most innovative things happen. I do love that passion. When someone comes with that passion about wanting to try something, you know, why are they so serious about it? And why is it so important to them? And that's what I find really interesting and fun to figure out. If you were talking to a more traditional corporate organization and showing them the benefit of leading in this way versus maybe the top-down, hierarchical, overly professional ways they potentially have been in the past, what would you say the number one benefit of changing to think about compassionate leadership would give their organization? I think with top-down leadership, you've got too many leaders making too many decisions. And I can guarantee that they're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated that their teams aren't making more decisions. Mm -hmm. And when you can see it from a different lens and create that different culture, then all of a sudden your team is making decisions, your team is innovating, and you have that space to actually think about the possibilities of the future in the business and actually be ahead of your team, which is exactly what your job as the leader is. That was Kathy Thorpe, president and CEO of Nurse Next Door. She was telling us about how she leads, but I think the best way to judge a leader is to talk to the people they work with. That's why we've brought in Susan Carta. I am actually the VP of operations. And what I do here is I build things. So I build connections. I build processes. I build systems. I build things to scale the business. Susan is both an employee and a leader within Nurse Next Door. So we figured she can help us compare Nurse Next Door to other work cultures. Kathy talks a lot about being human and bringing your whole self to work. And that means, you know, the great stuff that you have and your strengths. It also means the messy parts, right? Where maybe things aren't working out. We spend a lot of time on her couch and it's not only talking about work, it's also talking about life. And if I contrast it to perhaps another organization that I worked at where, you know, it's that typical leave yourself at the door and come in and you take on a different persona at work. 
where really it's such a beautiful thing to be able to bring your whole self to work. And I love that I get to do that here, right? I can be 100% Susan 100% of the time. And what that means is I can be a bit quirky and I don't have to have all the right answers. And I love to ask questions and I get curious and I don't feel like I'm shut down and I can make mistakes and I can be very playful and I love that. And there's times where I've worked in other organizations where it wasn't always the case that it felt more buttoned up or perhaps, you know, folks talked about the politics here and we don't talk about politics here at Nurse Next Door. We, we simply talk about how we work and how we need to find that next iteration and continuous improvement. And there's a real fluidity, I think, of how we work here and an acceptance of belonging. And what I love about that is it's not about belonging to Nurse Next Door's culture. It's more about belonging to yourself, knowing who you are yourself and then showing up as your true self. As someone who is both a leader in the organization and who came in as an employee like everyone else, can you tell me a little bit about your first day and what was different for you? Oh, this was actually really cool now that I'm thinking back. So I was turning 50. It was my 50th birthday and I had lots of things planned. And we had a big annual conference here at Nurse Next Door. And I had said to Kathy, I, you know, I can't stay for the whole conference. And I have this commitment that I had planned with a girlfriend and we were going on a retreat. And she said, that's no problem. This was the biggest event that we held at Nurse Next Door. All the franchise owners come in. It takes a lot of work to put it on and keynote speakers and things like that. And what I remembered about that is Kathy's response around, well, of course you're going to honor that commitment and go on this retreat with your girlfriend and you'll come back and, you know, you'll be rejuvenated and you'll probably have learned something and you'll be able to apply it. And so again, there was this fluidity around coming in and having personal commitments that were honored. And perhaps in other organizations, actually this did happen in other organizations where it was, you know, work came first. I always found that strange, you know, this expectation that once you start working in an organization, you stop having personal existence like you stop <laughs> needing to honor those commitments to your family and your friends and like those things matter less for some reason than this place that you've you know only technically committed eight hours of your day to but that seems to assume that you will be all encompassed by it it's refreshing to hear that it's it's a little bit more flexible to be a whole person yeah listen we were talking this morning as a leadership team around how do we lead a deeper connection with our teams? And what does it look like to feel cared for and loved? And we were using the example of at the leadership team, we all feel very cared for and loved and Kathy leads that way. And, you know, there's this piece where I know she knows what my bold dreams and goals are for my life. And she helps to facilitate whether it's the conversation so I can achieve those goals and dreams. And then, you know, she's asking us, you know, how do you guys show up as leaders for your teams? How do you care for your team? How do you surprise and delight them? What does that look like? And she really has an expectation and calls forth action in us to say, 
I'm not going to do it for you. You guys lead your teams. And this is the culture we have and want to create and want to nourish. So how might you do that? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about the little things. If I can just go on for a moment, I remember, you know, the last podcast on how to care and Kathy was talking about, it's the simple things and her and Harry sitting on the bench. And that's what made him happy. And then I think about, I said to her this morning, oh my God, Kathy, it's like you and I sitting on your pink couch in your office. And her turning to me and saying, how's Andrew? And Andrew's my husband. And that's the first question she asks. It's such a different way to lead than a lot of us are used to. I kind of want to go back to that first day again and hear about, you know, and maybe it was the first day of work or maybe it was your interview process. What were your first impressions of Kathy as a leader before you started working for her? Well, you may not know this, but Kathy and I have known each other for about 30 years. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me that story. Uh, Yeah. So Kathy and I, Back in the day, worked at The Gap together. Vancouver is a very small town, so you, you kind of follow people around and, you know, you can work in different organizations and retail is very small and so you know everybody. And so when the opportunity came up to work with Nurse Next Door, there really wasn't a hesitation. I already knew Kathy's style of leadership, but what I found interesting once I got here was that nurse next door and the culture, and I guess, you know, Kathy evolving, and she was really able to flourish into the leader that she is today. Oh, so you've seen that development process. Yeah, I saw that development process. I mean, I knew that, listen, what I love about Kathy is she's very clear. She has high expectations. She expects a lot from her team, and then she gives a lot as well. So I loved that. I knew that I'd be walking into a high-performance culture. I knew that I'd be walking into a relationship with my leader that was more than just work and KPIs and measurements, that it was going to be about who I am, what do I want, Um, How do we get there together? And what did you see was, you know, maybe different about how she was leading Nurse Next Door versus other times you may have worked with her in the past? I think Kathy really came into her full self here. What I mean about that is that I feel like she was able to, maybe it was a permission to be more of herself. You know, she's got a great relationship with the founder and He really allows her the space because he trusts her and because he trusts Kathy and Kathy brings that to her team and there's a deep trust there. You know, anything really is possible and we can go after things and we can try things out. And I think she would also say she's done a lot of growing since she's been here, growing more into who she already is. It sounds like that has a trickle down effect in the company. It does. I believe that, um, you know, not only the folks here at Heartquarters feel strong leadership and compassion, I believe our franchise owners, I believe that the folks that we reach out to are our caregivers, our clients, families, vendors. I think she has a, a huge ripple effect across 
not only Nurse Next Door, but the industry. And you mentioned Nurse Next Door is a franchise, and sometimes it can be challenging to bring that culture that you're creating all the way down to, you know, franchise owners and Mm -hmm. the caregivers who interact with their clients and their patients. How do you make sure that, that they feel the same kind of culture at the franchise level that you're building? Yeah, that's a great question. A franchise organization is a system, right? It's like an ecosystem. We all have to be working together. And when we can do that, you can actually have that ripple effect all the way down to that frontline caregiver, right to that client. And we did a lot of work around our processes and our systems, around our leadership philosophy, our philosophy of care around happier aging. And we spent time thinking about the legacy we want to leave around caregiving. And, you know, we've had this initiative around caregiving as a career. It started out as the year of the caregiver. And then what I loved about it was it just morphed because we were kind of like, well, isn't every year the year of the caregiver? (laughs) So we started with this caregiving as a career and we just have expanded and every year we add to it and we add to the belief that the caregiver is precious and we learn that through COVID. So interesting that, you know, the caregivers are the ones that are there through thick and thin. They're the ones that are going into the homes and looking after, you know, the sick and the vulnerable. And to go back to your question, how do we do it? We created this people promise. And the first line of it is you love coming to work. And everything after that doesn't even matter because that's where we start with, right? And if I love coming to work and I can create a culture where my team loves coming to work and they create a culture where our franchise owners love coming to work and care designers and caregivers, and then it reaches ultimately our clients and their families. It's a pretty beautiful thing. That was Susan Carta, VP of Operations at Nurse Next Door. You also heard from Kathy Thorpe, President and CEO. The thing Kathy mentioned that I'm still thinking about is how leaders need to be looking for feedback everywhere. And a big part of that is being really curious. For a long time, I believed that leaders are the ones who have the answers. And it felt daunting and exhausting to be the person who always had to have the perfect plan. Early in my career as a people manager, I never said, I don't know. Even though it was a time in my life when I knew the least. Kathy reminded me today that great leaders don't have to have all the answers. They just have to get really good at asking thoughtful questions. They have to be insatiably curious about the people they work with. Great leaders trust their teams to have answers too. Often, they're the ones who can make the best decisions. So great leaders are incredibly curious and they have faith in the people they work with. But most importantly, great leaders show up as their whole human messy selves. Because them being human and messy makes it safe for their teams to do it too. Thanks to Kathy Thorpe and Susan Carta, and thanks to you for listening. We'd love for you to share the show with a friend. Perhaps you know someone who is thinking of applying for a job at Nurse Next Door, or a manager who's just taking a look at their own work culture. Or you can just leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We love those too. 
How to Care is a Vocal Fry Studios production in partnership with Nurse Next Door. The producer is Jay Coburn with production support from Jenna Ratcliffe. The executive producer is Katie Jensen. See you next time.